Okay. Matthew chapter 1. For those of you just joining in, we have done three sermons already along the themes of hope, peace, and joy, uh, featuring different characters of Advent. Uh, Simeon from Luke chapter 2, uh, the angels, Luke chapter 2, and then last week, Zechariah and Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1. Uh, today, we'll go over to Matthew and we'll look at Joseph. If you're new to the Bible, maybe you have a copy, you're flipping through it. Uh, Matthew is about right here. <laughs> okay, you open it up, it's on the, on the right, about three-fourths back. We get to uh, what we call the New Testament, those stories that are about um, Jesus and his birth, life, teaching, miracles, uh, death, resurrection. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John share those stories with us, and so Matthew is the first book uh, of what we call the New Testament. Everything basically after uh, Jesus and beyond uh, in the New Testament is what we get. And uh, so we're excited today to look into the very, very early uh, events as they are told to us. So let's see this together. Matthew chapter 1, I'll be reading verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. These verses are full of opportunities to see the love of God for us as people and the love of God as we live it out among people. So I'll begin today, uh, this is not scientific, I'll freely admit, I found an article, <laughs> all right, and uh, I read this, here are five things that people recently, uh, I think this survey was in the last six or seven years, uh, responded to in what is it, what are the key elements of a marriage relationship? Okay, and one of these stood out among the respondents of the survey as more important than the others. So you have five options of these 
things are important in a relationship, but one of them was ranked higher than the others. Anybody got a guess? Anybody wants to be bold? Come on, Seth, what's your guess? Making a lifelong commitment is his guess. But way to give it a guess. Sometimes you got to risk being wrong. Anybody else want to risk? Finances? Good answer. Isaac, this sermon is about what today? Oh, it's too obvious. Good job, Isaac. He's on it. All right. Everybody else, thanks for trying. You got to put yourself out there sometimes. That's the way it goes. All right, so, so love is the thing that respondents in a survey about marriage said, hey, uh, they identified that as more important than the other ones. Um, very interesting. What does that mean? I don't know. I'm not going to expound on that. We're not going to have a sermon today about a survey. We're going to have a sermon about the Bible. But this is designed to get us thinking about when people talk about love, what is it? I, I love the uh, Advent reading this morning. There's lots of ways we see love in our culture. There, there really are. Uh, but today we'll have a, uh, a biblical look through Joseph and his actions in the Christmas story. We will look at love. All right, so four things, uh, four ways that Joseph shows love. The birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a very interesting plot development. Mary and Joseph, as we know from Scripture, are both very devout people. They're, they're younger, and they, they have a faith that is developed. So young people uh, that are listening today, be encouraged. Your faith matters at a very young age. Yeah, I'm looking at some of you, all right? Trying to anyway. I'm glad you're here. Your faith matters at a young age. What God is doing in you uh, really matters. Don't say, I have to be a certain age or qualification for God to use me. Scripturally, that's not true. All right, and we see that in the Christmas story. And so this is a very interesting development because this is not the way it was supposed to go. The, the best way that I understand Joseph and Mary's um, situation at this point is that we would understand them as being engaged. All right, the formal part of, of their uh, marriage, uh, their wedding ceremony, uh, they, they had not had that part yet, but the language in their culture uh, you see, uh, we're going to come across the word divorce. Uh, we're going to come across husband. We're going to come across some of that language. Some of the language would have already been in place because their commitment to each other is definitely recognized, right? So here's, here's what we see in Joseph in, in his response. In verse 19, Joseph, her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So we see the love of God in Joseph's patience. He shows love in his patience. This is a very difficult situation. On its surface, when Mary shows that she is pregnant, it appears to him that she has been immoral. It is clear that they had not come together to have the child together. The scriptures make that clear. And so it appears to him, why would he think anything else? 
that she has been immoral and this child that she is pregnant with belongs to somebody else. And so we're going to stop right there and understand how Joseph is processing this. What, what emotions does he have? What thoughts is he processing as he is taking in this information that his wife committed in a relationship with her is, is not pregnant and he knows the child doesn't belong to him. So try to attach these thoughts and these emotions, perhaps you already have, to a difficult situation in your life. Maybe somebody has, has acted in a way that has hurt you. Someone who has acted with, uh, with immorality um, or has, has hurt you. And you, I want you to think about how do you respond. This is, this is instructive to us because this is how Joseph is thinking through this at this point. Or if you haven't been through a, a major hard situation, uh, maybe you save some of this information for when it does come your way. It's, it's worth thinking about how we respond. And a side note, um, and I'll, I'll leave this as a side note, I promise, but a lot of times we really just want things to be easy in our lives. But God accelerates the pace of us becoming like Jesus when we go through difficult situations. Joseph, as we're about to find out, is in a testing situation, which means that his stomach probably isn't settled. He's upset. He's worried about this. This doesn't seem right. He's not sure what's happening. And a lot of times our faith is that way. It reminded me of the lyrics uh, from a song by Stephen Curtis Chapman. The song is called Bring It On. And I took just a, a couple of lines here and it says, I'm not going to run from the very things that would drive me closer to him. Bring it on. And so I don't want us to fear when things in our lives are not right. Now, let me say also, uh, life is a big, um, a big thing in our culture right now. A debate of life has recently was before the Supreme Court. And so I, I want us to see here, of course, God has a purpose for this baby. But I want us to say that God always has a purpose for a baby. Okay? He always has a purpose for a life that is in a womb. It is a life. And as we see these things, as we see Joseph processing through these, we don't want to shy away from these potentially difficult circumstances. We want to see what, what God is doing. And so we see Joseph expressing the love of God, expressing a love for Mary, because we see it in his patience. Now, Joseph has options at this point. Uh, we know from another part in the scripture that somebody uh, caught in adultery is, is brought before the religious leaders to have her uh, killed to have her stone. That was the penalty uh, of death. We saw that in, in John's gospel. Okay, and I'm not going to get into that one today. So we know that kind of thing was still a part of the mindset of the Jewish people at this time. And so Joseph certainly would have had that option. But, but we know that he, uh, 19, he's a just man and unwilling to put her to shame. And so because he has high character, no, notice that, that faith and character are going together. That's not always the case. But in Joseph's case, he's a man of character. He's unwilling to put her to shame, and he resolved to divorce her quietly. His patience is coming out of his faith, out of his character. Men, listening today, young men, are you listening to how Joseph is going to walk through this situation 
encountering this turbulence with his wife-to-be. I'm not saying that this doesn't apply to ladies, but our character today is a man, and I hope that for some of the young men in the room, especially young men, would, would listen and take some of these concepts to heart. Are you developing patience that allows you to see into a situation and to not act rashly? That is a sign of a love that is willing to, to wait and not respond in the moment to the emotion or whatever flares first. Ecclesiastes 7, 8. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. In Colossians 3, 12, the list before this in Colossians 3 of things as believers that we are to put off. But here's what we put on as God's chosen people, holy and beloved. We put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Joseph is displaying this godly patience. He's not overreacting. He shows he's willing to wait. Instead of acting immediately, he'll allow the situation to develop. Okay, closely connected to his patience is verse 20. But as he considered these things. We're going to stop right there. We're just going to say this is Joseph showing love in his consideration. It connects very closely to his patience and his intentionality in not overreacting. But he is considering as he considered these things. So intentional that he is doing this. And it's not unfair for us as students of this text to see that he is considering Mary. This is the very basis of biblical love. It is a love that considers the position, the needs, the benefit of others ahead of itself. It's called agape love in the Greek. The Greeks sort out some of the differences in love, and they have different words for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> they have a brotherly love. They have a romantic or an erotic love. And this is called agape love, a selfless, a sacrificial, a love that is directed toward others. Uh, you see here in the New Testament, usually the active love of God for his son and his people, and the active love of his people are to have for God each other and even enemies. So this is the kind of love that we're talking about when we talk about God's love and celebrating that at Advent. It's love, generosity, kindly concern, devotedness. Definition of agape love. So let's look at Joseph acting as uh, a man in, a, in the role of a husband, a husband-to-be. Look here, Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The situation changed because of Joseph's consideration of Mary. He is loving into the situation from another's viewpoint. That's what he's doing. He's not loving himself primarily. He's loving from another's viewpoint. That's agape love. Now, this love would not have precluded justice in his heart for him to div uh, divorce her and to end their uh, marriage process in a quiet manner. It would have spared her the public spectacle and possibly her death. 
and would have allowed her to, uh, to, to at least, at the very least, move forward. But there would still be justice for the actions. Okay, so I don't want us to have a thing here where uh, God's love doesn't, doesn't include justice. Uh, absolutely it does. We'll cover that in just a minute. Okay, but as we're thinking about Joseph's consideration and love, I, I, let's make a, a couple of points of application while we're talking about this. Our consideration of others from time to time should change our course. It should change the way that we do something. Oh, I heard your input. That's good input. I'm going to change the idea that I had. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's a good question to ask. When was the last time that something, a schedule, a decision, an event, a plan, an agreement, changed because you considered somebody else? The older you are, <laughs> the more set in our ways we become, correct? It can become harder for us to be open to changing things. We just want to do things the way we do them and... Uh, I'm speaking as a creature of habit. And then more specifically to husbands in the room, as we look at Joseph, when was the last time we considered others and changed course because of the input of our wife or our children? When was the last time we did that? That's sacrificially loving. It doesn't mean that we always get what we want. It means we consider and nurture and at times we'll change what we thought the way something should go because of that input. Okay? Uh, second point of application here is that we, we have to be confronted by our consideration of people who have wronged us. Can't take that element out of here. Joseph's initial reaction is that Mary has done something that has gone against him. We have to, we have to see that here. There had to be part of his reaction where his heart is gripped by this grief because this, this young woman that he thought he was going to spend the rest of his life with in a marriage covenant, he thought she had done something unfaithful. And so as we consider those people, we consider those things, we have to think about love and, and what it means. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, the name Shelby Houston has been in the news. I don't know if you've seen this young lady's um, talk. Uh, her father is a police officer, and he was killed in the line of duty. And for us this morning, it, it will bear some time to consider the words that she spoke at his funeral. All right, now she believed, as, as we affirm here, she believed that justice should be served for the man who killed her father. She's not saying that in any way, shape, or form that the guy shouldn't have any consequences for his actions. But I want you to hear how her faith in Jesus Christ influenced and influences the way that she is seeing this man. I've, I've quoted this. I've kind of pulled this from an article that is quoting from a video that is widely available online. I would encourage you uh, to look up this situation. The video should not be that difficult to find. But here's a quote for those of you that may not be familiar with it. Uh, but my heart always ached for those who don't know Jesus and their actions being a reflection of that, she said in her father's eulogy. 
If it happened to her, she was told growing up, she'd feel different. Well, then it did happen to her and her family, and she felt the same way as she always did, praying that Jeremillo would survive. So here's another quote from uh, Miss Shelby. She says, I can't get any part of my heart to hate him. All that I can find is myself hoping and praying for this man to truly know Jesus. To me, it's incredible. It's not self-serving love. She has a love for this man who has brought great pain and anguish into her life that she desires him to have a relationship with Jesus. Wow. This is what it looks like when we consider others in our approach, and especially if they have have wronged us. It happened to be a very recent example, uh, very easy uh, to grab that one and to put it in here today. It really connects up with this uh, idea, and we see it in in Joseph's uh, character, Other thing I want to mention here, I put a note in, um, there's always in your bulletin a handful of verses at the bottom that kind of go along with the sermon. We don't just pull verses out of a hat in the office and decide which ones to put on. They're usually kind of connected, so if you want to do some follow-up reading each day, uh, the verses that are at the bottom of your outline will help you do that. And this week you'll see a lot of things in there about God's love and his character. All right, so, so, so neither Shelby in this example nor Joseph, as we see in Scripture, they're not conjuring up this kind of love on their own. It is a love that is received from God. All right, so what happens in the rest of verse 20 is this is where the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream. Uh, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is uh, conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And then uh, 21, which you see here, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so there is a sense in which Joseph is receiving a direct communication from the Lord, from the Lord's angel expressly sent to communicate this message to him. He is receiving a a message about who this child will become. And this child will become sacrificial for God in a way that no human can. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so in that sense, Joseph is a picture of all of us in the sense that he is receiving truth about the love of God. That the very baby that his wife is going to have is not worthy of him divorcing her quietly. It is worthy of him staying with it because God is working in this situation and the child will be one who saves people from their sins. Agape. God wants what's right for Joseph, and he is communicating his word to him. It is a a kind of love that has Joseph's best interest in mind. His best interest is not for Joseph to to move on and to divorce Mary quietly, to end the, the marriage process. 
it's best for him to stay because she's carrying the Son of God. Joseph isn't ultimately responsive to his feelings or his character or Mary's situation. Those things would tell us a lot about somebody. But Joseph is ultimately now, he's responsive to God in his word. The angel comes and helps him see what is going on in this situation. He's Jesus. He'll save people from their sins. And this is God's love for people, that he was going to send a Savior to come and to live on this earth as a human being so that we might properly relate to God and experience his love and forgiveness. I want you to know that you can experience the love of God. We can experience it. So many times we count all of our own sins and all the things that we've done and, and maybe our past or this thing that has happened and I have this label on me in my life and, and we find reasons to exclude ourselves from a right relationship with God. We, we find reasons to say, oh, I'm not worthy of that. Christ couldn't have died for me because I did this. I want us to see here that it's, that's not true. The love of God comes to this earth to intervene to save us from it. And so take heart if we turn from our sin and we repent. Jesus died to forgive us. He died to take away the penalty of our sin. And that is the love of God. That's how we know him and relate to him in a right way. It's, it's what sets us in a way that we're able to treat others with the same kind of love is to, to receive it from him himself through Christ. And so, so many times we end up in these circumstances and we get blinded by emotion and what's right in front of us. And look at what happens. Joseph is a man who has some character, but he's in a difficult situation. Things aren't going according to plan. And how does it get straightened out? It gets straightened out by Jesus. So let me just give you that advice. It's free. It's right here on the page. If you're in something right now and you can't see the forest for the trees and everything looks blurry and it feels like confusion, then, then be patient, consider others, and let Jesus clear it up. The word of God will help you do that. It's hope and it's encouragement for us. We receive the love of God, the clarity of Jesus. Now, you're going to ask yourself, I want to deal with this question before we move on, but aren't there plenty of people who love in really incredible ways who don't know Jesus? Aren't there people who live long lives and have long marriages who aren't Christians? That's a natural question, isn't it? People can do that. It's a reflection of God's love. But let me ask you this, just to help you think through this. If this story was before us, and we didn't have the Jesus part, who would be the hero of the story? Joseph would. This, just this part of what we read today. If we read Mary's part in Luke 1, we go, well, Mary's the, the hero of the story. She's going to stick with it. That's what happens when you love and you don't know Jesus. The only people who can get credit for that are the people. What we want to do when we love is we want God to get the credit. We want God to get the glory, and that's endless. That's not limited to our human frames and decisions and character. That's endless. 
when God gets the glory in our lives. So let that bake. We're going to see what love ultimately does. Uh, you know this. This isn't exactly a spoiler. Um, verse 24. Very simple, isn't it? When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. Now don't, don't think that I don't think 22 and 23 aren't important. <laughs> right? Jesus is God with us. God is in this situation. It's one thing to say that Mary is with Jesus. She's with child. Another thing for us to understand that, that Jesus is always with us as he was with Joseph and Mary walking through this. So, so powerful. But Joseph shows love in, in his obedience. Joseph woke from his sleep. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. I know this type of love is not easy. I'm not suggesting that it is. Think about it. What keeps us from this kind of obedience? What keeps us from pressing through and considering others? What keeps us from acting in, in ways that don't reflect this kind of patience? Well, we get hurt. We get hurt by people. Inject a little bit of confusion, misunderstanding, lack of clarity, and we come up with all kinds of reasons that we can justify ourselves to treat anybody however we feel, because we feel right. If we're hurt by somebody else's poor decisions or immorality or whatever it happens to be, we want to be obedient like Joseph is. We want to slow down. We want to consider others. We want to hear from the Lord. That's, that's love. This is the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew. It's a few chapters over. Uh, Matthew shares in great detail, what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to encourage you to read Matthew 5 through 7. It gives a radical understanding of what it means to love another human being. That's where we want to take our cues. Jesus challenges his followers uh, to have a very different uh, out outlook toward those that have hurt them. Uh, there's some great stuff uh, just a few chapters over. I would encourage you to follow up. Uh, but today, we see Joseph walking in obedience. He's in obedience to the word of God. It is possible to try to obey the word of God without understanding God's love. I don't want you to do that. It's God's love that, that filters us and directs our energy. It focuses us, uh, our affections, our emotions, uh, exactly where they need to be, trusting God to control the things that we can't and, and trying our very best uh, with the people involved. A couple things uh, here as we close. Today, perhaps, uh, your response is to the love of God and to trust that Jesus can save you from your sins or to forgive you even of a specific sin. Only Jesus can do that. I can't do it. And it is because he has your best interests, our best interests in mind. He will forgive it. It is the love of God. It is why he was born to this earth. It's why we celebrate Christmas. Because God's love is sending Jesus to die for your sin and mine. Maybe that's our response today is to walk and to say, Lord, today is the day I trust you with my sin. I'm going to begin a relationship with you if you haven't done that. Or maybe uh, you've been a believer and there's that one sin that you haven't let go of. And maybe today the Spirit is doing that work and that's the thing that needs to happen. Perhaps you've been a believer for a long time. Here's another uh, thing, another application before we close. Uh, 
And perhaps the challenge today is to display the love of God, to work through patience, to work through the consideration, to work through the love of God that he has for you. And then how can that, how can that spill out into situations, other things going on in our lives? Perhaps God is speaking directly today toward our actions, our mouths, our gossip, our bitterness, perhaps even hatred that's developed toward somebody you think has wronged you or you just don't have a situation right. All these things can happen in our our families, in in our relationships, in, in, in ways that happen so fast sometimes. I hope that Joseph's story here in Scripture and his portrayal really helps us to slow down and to bring love into the equation from God and toward others as we see it in Joseph's life. I want to end today with encouragement from John chapter 15. Jesus' direct instruction to his followers. He says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Abide is a word that means stay. It means put up a tent. <laughs> stay a while. We're going to have a residence here. You're going to make a home. It's not just a tra- transition thing where we start out with some love and then we get on to whatever we really think is important No, we abide we walk with jesus we develop a relationship with him we bear that out in our understanding of who he is as we experience ongoing forgiveness and transformation and as that pours out then into our lives and the way that we work with others we we can't do this well if we're not abiding in the love of our savior if we're not walking with him and and processing that so there is so much hope and encouragement in in this verse and in, in john chapter 15 if you want to go and read the rest of it it will encourage your soul to see how much God loves us and how much he calls us to walk in that life, just as Joseph, a young man, did, a husband. May we live that kind of life, responding to the love of God for us, being right in our relationship with him because of his love and not our efforts, and then sharing that same love with those around us.